This podcast is brought to you in association with Bentley Systems. Valued for their depth, breadth and scalability, Bentley software solutions can help you gain insight from the data you create and coordinate, improve decisions and achieve better business outcomes. With digital technology changing the way the world lives, it's time to apply digital technology on infrastructure projects to close the productivity gap with other industries. Your organization may already be going digital, but if it's struggling to embrace change or realize the benefits of digital technologies, Bentley invites you to gauge your organization's progress by taking one of our going digital assessments. Work with a partner you can trust and accelerate your pace of possible by going digital with Bentley at bentley.com forward slash going digital. to the Engineers Collective podcast. I'm Mark Hansford. And I'm Alex Wynn. It's a special edition this month. Alex, why are we doing a special edition? Well, we've set aside our usual um, inviting someone in because I think we thought that there might just be almost too much to talk about if we have a third person on board. So, um, for a while, you may have noticed the first few episodes, first five episodes of our podcast, we haven't really gone into anywhere near... Um, the UK political climate Brexit scenario. Um, given where we are today, we thought we'd bring you an extended news edition focused purely on the UK political climate and what that means for all things civil engineering and infrastructure over here. So, Mark, what what really has happened today? Tell people why we're talking about it today. <laughs> well, what we, it turns out we've got uh, a, a Prime Minister who um, has broken the law... Uh, in proroguing Parliament. Mm. So that's pretty unprecedented. You might ask, what has that got to do with civil engineering? Well, I guess we need to talk about it because ultimately all big decisions around all big infrastructure projects ultimately are made by the Prime Minister and by his close team. So now, more than ever, it's really important, we think, the engineering community to understand where we're at and where we might end up going over these next probably quite tumultuous weeks mm. wouldn't you say definitely and i think that's kind of the point we 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 accept and we i don't think anyone out there even the people closest to all the political bigwigs today think that they know exactly how this is all going to play out but what we thought we'd try and do and we haven't really done it entirely today is um throw ourselves into different scenarios of what what are the more likely political outcomes from today's rather landmark ruling by the Supreme Court that the Prime Minister dismissed Parliament a little prematurely, should we say, and certainly in a legal capacity. So we now want to see what we think is going to happen from tomorrow, today, when this podcast is going live, when Parliament comes back together. Absolutely, so. absolutely. So we, we reckon, don't we, there, there's probably three scenarios. So if we, if we look at each one in turn and, and, and think, what could, they, what could those scenarios mean for infrastructure? And, and I think we kind of agree that, let's call it scenario A, is possibly, depending on your viewpoint, the best case scenario for civil engineering and civil engineers. Uh, and that is what 
Prime Minister Boris Johnson somehow survives, somehow gets a deal with the EU, and we do exit as planned on 31st of October. Quite a few ifs in that. Mm. And this is predicated with a... Sorry, we've got a caveat here that we're probably not going to try and go into whether remaining or leaving is a good or bad thing because everyone feels a little impassioned about that. We're just trying to deal with the sort of practical realities of what is most likely today. Absolutely. So, yeah, scenario A. So, scenario A. Boris Johnson is still Prime Minister. It's October the 31st. A couple of weeks have gone by, a few weeks gone by from where we are now. He's going to get a deal might happen if he gets that deal and somehow gets parliament to agree it what are the bigger what's the bigger picture for engineering i suppose what are the things that you think are going to be actually heard in the midst of all the other crazy noise that's going on exactly and and the most sane people seem to be suggesting that they you know the markets are, are are uncertain they're scared at the moment you look at the look at the figures the economy needs a boost Usually what happens in these circumstances, and has happened in the past, is a Prime Minister will seek to pump prime the, the, the economy. And a good way of doing that is investing in infrastructure. Mm-hmm. It's certainly better than, say, quantitative easing, which was done before, oh. which fundamentally just gives money to the banks who then reinvest it. Um, so let's assume decisions made, let's invest in infrastructure. And realistically if you look around the country at what we've got which we could roll out and actually get on with pretty quickly whether you like it or not that project is high speed too it's got planning yeah it's procured yeah it could start tomorrow has it got budget well we do of course know since last month's podcast that uh well, the internal review, review done by Alan Cook, has current been chair. released. Current, uh, yes, chief indeed, current chair. Current chair. Has yep. been released. Um, and yes, the budget has, for the whole scheme, has gone up um, to, um, well, officially, 72 to 78 billion, which is actually 88 billion in 2019 prices. So let's call it 88 billion. For um, now. Which... By the time it's actually delivered, is realistically going to be the hundred billion, yeah. which everyone has always talked about. So C- certainly, some of us have been yeah. saying that for a while. So I think we can actually say that probably the budget, okay, the official written down budget has gone up, but the budget is what everyone always said the budget was going to be. Well, so this is an important point again. And this is what we're trying to do partly on this part because it's yeah we're talking to our peers and we're talking to clever people who know a lot about infrastructure. But I'm hoping there's a few of you out there who are listening with you know a little bit of interest having not heard an awful lot about this stuff and and I think we might have known it but I think we haven't ever been able to write that formally because we're using experience of writing about other big projects and seeing them come to fruition over a long period of time knowing that the UK's planning procedures and democratic process can sometimes add to the the time and budget on projects so that's that's something we've talked about but on the record i don't think we've ever been able to say we know to be sure we believe it to be a project that will be plus 100 billion 
So it is probably big news to a lot of people. It's probably <clears throat> startling, shocking news to a lot of people who hate the project already. And they well, may or may not be affected by it. Well, that's, an, it you know, that's a perfectly good point, isn't it? But, and, and, and you're right. People within the industry won't have been surprised by the fact that it's now going to cost, as I say, 88 billion today's prices, 100 billion by the time you actually start delivering and finish it. And I suppose that's the important point that, of course, what is still ongoing and, and reports um, next week, uh, we believe, is, 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 the, uh, is the Boris Johnson commissioned Oak V review. We talked and about that on the which, last which podcast we, which quite we a bit. mentioned on the last podcast. And, 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 you know, it's, well, we won't prejudge what, what's going what's gonna to come out and uh, be concluded in that. Obviously, what we do know is it is Doug very much, it is Doug Oakley's review. He mm-hmm. is the chair of the review. He has a panel um, working for him, but they are very much there to be his, his sounding boards. Yeah. And, and as we understand it, Doug made it very clear on appointment that it was his review. So, okay, Tony Barkley, Lord Barkley, is, is on the panel as his deputy chair, but he is his deputy chair and not his co-chair. So that's quite interesting and quite significant. So I think... Um, you could see in this dream scenario A, if you want to see investment kicked off in investment, there is a way where Doug can can present Doug Oakley can present a review to the Prime Minister, which Prime Minister can present to the country, probably with some perhaps some reorganisation of HS two Limited. You can see there's some, going to be some ways, perhaps by focusing on easier to do sections initially well, yeah and that's an important point because we haven't mentioned yet that it's going to take longer as well it is going to take longer so as that's well. that is true. Um, worth considering so it is so you can see maybe some rephasing that's always a popular thing yeah. isn't it you can see perhaps a little bit of rephasing we've had a project source or uh, um, source rather close to the upper echelons of the scheme suggesting the money could just be gifted over to another organisation for an similar purpose what do you think about that you idea? mean sort of, sort of move the money to, to the northern powerhouse rail project yeah yeah it's been suggested hasn't it um challenge with that is northern house from powerhouse rail is still i mean tim wood will, will help me for saying this but it is a it is a fledgling organization it's only just put its first very outline business plan to government and it's yet to be proven really whether they you know, transport for the north can can galvanise sufficient support to have a coherent solution. And as someone very close to HS2 was pointing out to us, a different person on last week, a different person that fundamentally most of the Northern Powerhouse Rail kind of plan only works if HS2 is built because there's so many bits of HS2 that on on which Northern Powerhouse Rail is dependent. So, mm. yeah, that's um, it seems to me that the you know, took the sensible strategy, which, again, this is scenario A, Boris Johnson might take, is, thank you for your review, Doug. We can definitely make some adjustments, but fundamentally, let's crack on, let's crack on. From Old Oak Common to the Birmingham, Birmingham approaches, let's start building that. Even, let's get that bit open. Let's start generating some revenue from this thing. Imagine. And, imagine. And... Yeah, that you could see is a, is a plausible scenario. I think it's so interesting. I think it, it's so intriguing in this 
climate as well that that's seen as the sensible option when we know it's still a controversial project it's got major issues to overcome it's going to be really interesting i think if he is seeing if he does latch on to something like an infrastructure project to try and generate Mm. headlines whether they be positive or otherwise we are, but, you know, we, are in, we are in unprecedented times, yeah. aren't we? This, this, this scenario we're presenting where the Prime Minister has somehow got to galvanise the country to maintain support. Maintaining support of business is probably going to be crucial to him. And that's what getting on with HS2 could do. He could even go bolder. He could get on with some other stuff as well. Crossrail 2. Crossrail 2. <laughs> Mentioned that once twice. We had twice. Michelle Dix with us mm. last month. I mean, there's another project. It's which not is, fledgling anymore. Which is not fledgling. <laughs> it's ready to go also. I mean, okay, it's not procured. Yeah. What about finishing Crossrail 1? Well, that would also <laughs> be some, something to get on with, wouldn't it? Absolutely. A certain uh, man who was there from the inception of its construction, it'd be quite nice to see if he would maybe mm. be there for its completion in some respect. And there are other projects which he could crack on with. I mean, he's going to remain quiet on Heathrow, I'm sure, and just let that yeah. one quietly go on in the background. Yeah. Probably won't draw attention to that, <clears throat> good think, or bad. I would think not. Yeah. But there are there are clearly other other areas he can he can focus his attention to. He, he can talk up Northern Power Rail, as we mentioned, yeah. can't he? He can also talk up... Well, what else can he talk about? Well, I don't, I'm just thinking, I'm going to go off a bit of a tangent, but what helps these projects all come into being? It's the money side of it. And given there's a funny money situation going on right now where we're apparently, you know, merging from the age of austerity politically, so the coffers are a little more um, comfortable in some respects, but infrastructure investment is often dependent on the country having a really robust economy and a really robustly perceived economy. I mean, the eyes of the world are on the UK at the moment. <laughs> But what do you think people might be sensing about funding of big projects right now in the UK? Well, they're certainly going to be aware of you investing in them privately. Aren't privately, they? definitely, yeah. I wonder if it's adding more to the challenge for someone like Heathrow. Well, possibly, but, I guess. Yeah. Um, I suppose it's not an obvious outcome like everything at the moment, but it is kind of interesting, isn't it? Around the world, engineers and architects, constructors and owner-operators are using Bentley software solutions to accelerate project delivery and improve asset performance for the infrastructure that sustains our economy and our environment. Together, we are advancing infrastructure. I mean, there are other other things at play, and I guess they they will come into perhaps another scenario. Scenario B, should we Um, come on to that? Yeah, well, so so I think, you know, yeah, scenario Hmm. A... Boris Johnson, Prime Minister, continues, needs to needs to, to make some big, bold statements, could be using infrastructure to get that done. So scenario B, we, well... So I'm thinking this is the one where there are votes of no confidence left, yeah. right and centre in Prime Minister. So it's going to be an interesting one, though, because politically the timing has to be absolutely precise because there's a keenness to avoid a scenario of no deal from the opposing um, party members around Westminster so what do we have there? Well this is it, this is where we, we get into that. General election well, some point in the is, next few months? Well this is probably where we get into that 
blocking legislation first, don't we? This is where yeah. we probably stagger on. We probably delay. You say blocking Brexit. it. Will there be any we, legislation we, well, other than Brexit related? So this is probably because everything's scrapped. When Parliament mm. did prorogue, or it didn't pr- prorogue now as of today, because mm. it didn't exist. Mm. But when it did, in th- in hypothetical terms, exist, and the MPs went home or wherever, mm. all of the legislation stopped dead at that point. Mm. Anything that was progressing through Parliament, so anything that needed legislation in the world of infrastructure, that's, that's basically scrapped. Uh, yeah, square yes. one. Yeah. So let's assume, even if there was something going on, that most of it's going to be attention on. Mm. Well, this is Brexit legislation. It is. So, so it's what, back to that, yeah. isn't it? So what we're back to, we're back to, you know, we still need, we're still going to have no a big infrastructure still project. Still going to have a Queen's <laughs> speech potentially, yeah. but but it's probably little bitty bits of stuff we probably refer back Will to it? the... To Do you the, think... Well, well, who does the Queen's speech? Well, who does it? Yeah. Um, I guess all you can do is reference back to yeah. the recent autumn statement, which was obviously mini quite statement. a mini statement. <laughs> Only looked a year ahead. Some money for schools. Yep. Some money for hospitals. Yep. But, Much but, needed. But, but you know, not, nothing majorly new. So I, I think this is probably so this is a, the kind of like, a bad yeah. case scenario for our industry because it's stasis in decision making really it's got to creep on as we go it's not even really business as usual is it because no even like the more bread and butter work that keeps our industry yeah. going that's just been really hard work no, for a long time aren't being evolved no one's going to local authority budgets nightmare no so how is england will will carry on with its already agreed programs but things like stonehenge lower Thames crossing yeah. no one's going to no Secretary of State is going to sign off on those. No, nothing because big. who's the Secretary of State? Yeah. Um, well, so we know who it is at the moment. In theory, it's Grant well, Shapps, but it's not going to last. No. So so I guess that's quite a quick scenario to talk about, because ultimately it is a... It's it's There's not too much in there for our industry, and I guess that's where you sort so of... So we're struggling for a message for hope for you all right now, but it is quite a stagnant... It's, situation as well we know it's a head stone and um yeah. seat work abroad probably that's <laughs> tragically well, i suppose um, it is winter kind of some winter sun yeah. um so scenario c what's our thinking well, how do we describe this that's the political one isn't it that's conundrum is that so that's surely that's general election First full vote of no confidence. Well, vote with no confidence. So stagnation in, until, stag- yeah. and then it'll be. Was it Perder comes in for a, yeah, general election period. But ultimately, it's going to end with a. It ends with a with a Jeremy Corbyn led coalition of hypothetically of, of a socialist coalition. Fundamentally, yeah. that that that's kind of a potential scenario, isn't it? I suppose it's the alternative one. If if. Conservatives won that, then it would be probably back to scenario A yeah. of some description, maybe different timings, but scenario A. If not, then it is this kind of, I guess, socialist slash green mm. coalition. And that's where it gets interesting. We've heard this week Labour just committing to, for the UK to be uh, net zero by 2030. Coming um, off the back of Joe Swinson, Lib Dems. Yeah. Impassioned speech, speaking to the Greta Thunberg generation, saying there will be something done by the Lib Dems. Yeah. So, and you think about 2030, that's, that's 10 years. Yeah. That's, that's 
I mean, we're talking about quite fundamental changes to do yeah. it by 2050. I don't think part renationalising the railway is going to quite... It's not going to get us there, get is it? Get us there. I mean, it'll give you some legislative control, but, yeah, it's really intriguing. I mean, some of the stuff then that I've been hearing about, you know, it's all the things that we know were probably in the last coalition government sort of bubbling along. There was Swansea Bay, Tidal Lagoon is back on the... Potentially. Oh, well, that definitely, if Labour had anything to do with that, it's been mentioned a lot this week. Mm-hmm. What else? What else comes back online? Well. Or or new, I guess. More um, nuclear? Well, maybe more nuclear. I mean, it certainly does, again, it's it's a, it's a polarised review, nuclear, but um, because it has clearly things... There are environmental considerations around nuclear, which still needs to be resolved. But but in a pure net zero world, it's definitely net zero. What about the old... um, I heard one of the Labour MPs talking more along the lines of what an outrage it was, eliminating the solar subsidies, wind Mm. farm subsidies, at the point where things were getting really beneficial on that front. So are we looking at maybe the... I don't know... Yeah. Reinvigorated green agenda, green economy. Well, you, well, you, you have to look at Come that. Back. I mean, there's no way you're going to do it by 2030 without some, some major kind of um, levers used to, 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 to drive people in that direction. And, I, and I, yeah, so it's really, I mean, it's just fascinating, isn't it? Mm. But um, what's he going to do with, I mean, we all know transport is, is, is the biggest contributor yep. to, to Very carbon. Very important point. Uh, and, and car use um, particularly so you know it's fossil have fuel to, yeah so you, you, you've got to be looking at taxation big increase in taxation on on, on but what do you do with that diesel? money because i suppose it's still what do, you do with that money yeah because it's still question. that's not going to be a disincentive for people to just give up their cars the traditional no. um petrol and diesel fueled cars but what this kind of speaks i mean just linking this to another story that's been bubbling on in the background as well of late, perhaps should be more in the foreground, is the not-so-smart motorways and yeah. the infrastructure set up for the mm. electric car revolution that's needed. What, what what have you got to say about that this month? Well, I've, if you're talking about being net zero by 2030, I mean, electric cars aren't going to be there in quick enough for that, no. are they? I mean, really and certainly the infrastructure is not going to be. Certainly, the infrastructure isn't there. Yeah. So you've got to look more basic, haven't you? You've got to look at things like buses and Ooh. trains Ooh. and trams, electrifying trains. You mean? And, yeah, and and if you're on a socialist trams. agenda, then maybe that is where you'd have that is where you'd have to go, isn't it? You would I think we'd to struggle to get a tram on a new tram system anywhere within that same time frame, well, well, <laughs> given well, our well. given our history with. Edinburgh tram, Nottingham tram, things taking at least twice as long for what, half as much on Edinburgh. Yeah, that's a fair Edinburgh. point. And, yeah. you know, Croydon's got it there. You can speak very fondly of... Yeah, there's plans for extension to Croydon tram. I think yeah. that's only been knocking around for all 15 years now. So, uh, <laughs> so primed and ready to go. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I, I can sen- I sense subsidised buses. Subsidised buses. Coming back as a big transport Intriguing. policy in this world. Yeah, um, I mean, because London's got a pretty amazing bus system. If yeah. uh, I know you're not as as big a fan as maybe I am, but you know, you can find out when they are. They're frequent. They're yeah. more reliable. Roads are still congested, but you know, it's it's a it's a definite primary mode of transport in London. But it's 
got that subsidy that not everywhere else well, around what, the country or abroad has. The roads would be a lot less congested when you're paying ten pound a litre of the fuel to, <laughs> <laughs> or, or whatever lever is needed to to, uh, yeah. to hit that twenty thirty target. I mean, how I want I do wonder how far off. I mean, if they created a lot of charging points, could there really not be an electric car and freight revolution speeded up? Well, it's the cost of the cars, yeah. isn't it? Nice, hefty subsidy, then a nice. What was the um, the scrappage scheme? Yeah. Well, it would, again, it would have to be a big, big subsidy like that, yeah. wouldn't it? But I mean, at the moment, from my it's going to cost a lot. This government, <laughs> you know, from, from what I, you know, my my sort of limited research, if you wanted to switch to an electric car right now, you're paying probably three times, three times um, your, your monthly, you know, monthly interest on on, on a electric car than you would a, a, a normal car a normal car um, car financing a, a, or yeah, yeah a fossil fuel yeah. car so you know at the moment again the, the economic levers aren't there but I guess if the tax taxation model was changed then then yeah that's that's where you'd go maybe it's not for us to answer this one maybe this is the one where our younger mm. listeners have more of the creative ideas mm. rather than the baggage of the past as to why things don't easily happen yeah. I don't know. I'm quite. I'm kind of intrigued to see how far you could get if you actually changed a well, lot of policy you know, and put money where the mouth it? is. I mean, the ICE did it. Um, put um, does does it does, does a survey every year, doesn't it? Asking sort of gauging public opinion on certain policy decisions, and and one it question it asked this year was around public acceptance of road user charging, which would be a clearly would be a good. What does that mean in like normal terms, though, for people that don't understand about? Um, road costs yeah pain, I think it's easy paying pain per mile for how yeah. where you drive um, and, and there's there's. I mean it's not like we've got them over here 98% of people now say they'd like mm-hmm. it but it's, it's something like two thirds of people now are not violently opposed to it which is a big switch from say when that survey would have been done five years ago and it would have been 98% of people are violently opposed to it it has it has changed. Ninety-nine percent of politicians seem opposed to it. Well, they do. But again, this comes to your point. You know, if you actually come back to the younger yeah. generation and start with a blank piece of start paper, with a blank piece of paper, then you then you would start to look at a very different infrastructure network system, which is probably not perhaps a million miles away from perhaps how Jeremy Corbyn would would draw it on a piece of paper. Um, Interesting. It is. Um, I mean, what we've also seen, of course, this week is the um, Committee on, on Climate Change yep. saying that to me, meet our existing planned target, not the, not the new Labour 2030 target, we've really got to accelerate yeah. reduction emissions in yeah. the aviation sector specifically. So clearly what that um, agenda would do for things like Heathrow expansion, which you mentioned mm. earlier. Um, you know, it might not be the yeah. the sort of un- the uncertainty around investment, which which Kai boshes it. It it might be radical climate a very clear policy solutions change. needed. Yeah, um, yeah, it's really intriguing, isn't it? But what I mean, again, how are you going to stop people flying? Well, how is that going to? There's a, there's a few more slots available and quite a few regional airports after the other big news of the yeah. week, aren't there? Um, I dare say 
Uh, Thomas Cook have, uh, probably left a few EasyJet slots. EasyJet and BA yeah. will be buying, snapping up those slots quite, yeah. quite, quite quickly. Um, very fast changing world out mm. there, but, but perhaps also, not fast changing enough in some respects. But also, I mean, it, you know, again, it shows how volatile those markets are at the moment. Mm. So, um, yeah. So. Those are our three scenarios as we see them. I think there's a scenario which is sort of like let's it's like business as usual plus, which is interesting and believable. There's that scenario. Not the being, easiest even with business and as usual. Not the easiest. There's a few challenges there. We've got a horrible scenario B, which is just lots of indecision and we limp <laughs> on with the existing decisions we've we've, we've got which horrible is horrible in some respects it's worth noting again just to remind yes. it less a commentation a commentary on the political preference but more on the infrastructure scenario <laughs> just for clarity and then we've got a fascinating scenario c where yeah. where, where maybe there's a real change in the mood music yeah. in the agenda green and infrastructure green infrastructure yeah i can't wait <laughs> What's gonna? What's it gonna be? Which door are we gonna go through? Which door are we gonna go through? Which door should we go through? Yeah. Let well, us know your thoughts. If yeah, you... please do. Let us know your thoughts. Um, we will. We will watch. We will see. And maybe this time next month we will have a clearer idea. Or maybe we won't. <laughs> Tune in again. We'll no doubt talk about this and many more fun things. So yes, do join us next month. This podcast is, of course, brought to you in association with Bentley Systems. And it would be churlish for me not to mention before we go, but we are now just over a month away from the year in infrastructure in Singapore, where infrastructure experts from around the globe will be gathering to, um, no doubt, talk about what's happening in the UK, but also, and, and more pressingly, to talk about how... By going digital, infrastructure can be delivered ever better and ever faster. So do check it out, check out the agenda, and, well, hopefully we will see you there. Um, But if you're not there, uh, we will be back next month with the Engineers Collective. And in the meantime, if you like what you hear, don't forget to hit subscribe, listen to it on any of your favourite podcast channels, and do pick up a copy of New Civil Engineer magazine.